When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I feel underdressed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Flav, I feel underdressed. What's... You mean, know, no, one, did, no, did you not get an email? It, oh, I did not did get you, an email. No, the email's on your jumper. Yes. Yeah. Um, we are delighted to have Sir... Is it Sir yet? No. No, it's not no, yet. No, it should be. No, it's in the post. Ian McIntosh, uh, famous journalist. Am I allowed to say that? Uh, we go that far? Probably not. Journalist? That. Reputable. Yeah. Reputable yeah. journalist uh, and fan league, is it brand ambassador? Apparently. Apparently, so, yeah. I know. What does that mean? <laughs> Nobody knows. <laughs> We're going to find We're out, gonna find out sooner or later. Yeah. Um, and he's here and he's uh, part of One for the Weekend. For people who don't know, this podcast is uh, brought to you by Fan League, which is an app uh, which revolves around predicting the scores of 13 both Premier League and Championship games every single week. That's going to be launching in August. Details of that are in the, in the description if you want to check that out. But in the lead-up to that, we're going to kind of do a bit of predictions, have a bit of chat about the, the weekend coming up, and we've been taking on each other. Yeah, you make this sound like this isn't a competition. Like it's uh, not it is a competition. No, <laughs> it might not be important to you. Well, I'm trying to dull down the competition due to my poor showing in it thus far <laughs> consistently poor yeah so uh, we'll let you know how you guys can get involved in the comments on youtube if you are watching on youtube thank you very much uh, subscribe to this channel might as well yeah. and if you listen to it on itunes then uh, again thank you very much and give us a rating five star ratings are better than four star apparently so do that um we're going to talk about all sorts we're going to talk about the top four once again there's a Big, big game in Arsenal versus Man United. We're going to have a chat about that. Uh, we've got our bore-off game of the week, which I'll be revealing live on the podcast. Um, what now for Sunderland? We'll have a little quick chat about that. Hull have got them this weekend, so absolutely huge game at the bottom of the table. We're going to get to know Ian a little bit more about his kind of footballing beliefs uh, and, and pet hates and things a bit uh, things like that. And we're also we're bringing back after last week, soldiers lost in battle. Love it. Those sad, sad stories of, of people that have missed out on the football for whatever reason. We're going to be reading out some of those reasons on today's One for the Weekend. Yeah. Right, enough of me talking. How are you both? How are you, Flav? you good? I'm really good. Um, I've had one of the best weeks of my life. Uh, we destroyed the evil that is Arsenal Football Club at Wyatt Lane. They came... <laughs> the evil. You were getting the comments you got called out for, being, uh, for saying Spurs are the good guys. And I saw the bad guys. Ian, what do you want? Right? No, no, no. Look, you're a pundit. You good have an opinion God. on football. Oh. I'm asking your opinion. Who is the good and who is the evil in this in this uh, story? Uh, there's no moral guys. <laughs> and this is the Premier League. Everyone's evil. I know what you're saying. I understand your position. But what you're really saying is there's only one team that moved eight miles north and invaded a territory, took our women... Took our jobs. You won't be aware of this because you're at the game, which yeah. we talk about that actually. Yeah. But Martin Tyler went through the story <laughs> in the country. <laughs> Did you remember that? He went oh, through, but of course, yeah, yeah. This goes back further than just St. Totteringham's day. Of course, <laughs> <laughs> Arsenal moved from South London. It's, to... it's the it's the oh, what's the it's the what's the name of that, that documentary? Al Gore made it. The inconvenient truth. Right. It's an inconvenient. Arsenal want to forget it. We will never let them forget it. We're good. They're evil. And all I'm saying is ultimately. The footballing gods were looking down and, and they gifted us the 2-0 win. Uh, and that's why I've had a great week. This is, uh, let's talk about footballing gods. Because this is a big phrase that's sort of turned up this year at Bull Street. Uh, the other Bull Street podcast, the long bullshit you do with, Fla- uh, with um, Matt, who's a Huddersfield fan. And he's got very excited this year about Huddersfield doing really well. Of course, they're in the playoffs. Um, but he's 
he's very clear on the footballing gods. As soon as you believe something, then that's the end of oh, it. Oh, absolutely. The footballing gods, are, they, they hold the most power. They wield thunderbolts. <laughs> I mean, if if an, no other logical answer uh, than the ex-player returning to score against his, his former team, that always happens. You'll note when managers walk out of smaller clubs to join slightly bigger clubs, it always goes horribly wrong. Yes. It never, ever works. Yeah. The football gods are to be feared. Is They're real. They but, yeah, but hang us. on, hang on. The football, you're going on football and goals, football and goals, right? Yeah. But then you kind of... The football and goals would have meant that you probably would have... You would have lost that game, wouldn't you? Because you'd, you'd tweeted, mind the gap, you slags. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. no but, but, so sometimes, sometimes the gods favour the brave it's, and the bold. Yeah, it's tricky, isn't it? It is. I mean, it's, it's, the game. when talking about theology, often truth... And more <laughs> making up the words as they go along. Often, often it's not about it's about fitting the story around your circumstances, and um, and very much so for the first time I had the I had I, being bold, being arrogant, and being gumption, and I had the gumption yeah to to uh, to, to come out and uh, two weeks probably before I should have started giving it to Arsenal fans and. All I can say is there's now a 17-point gap as opposed to a 14 gap between them. But so it's not even really mind the gap anymore, mind, more mind the chasm. Right. <laughs> there's, um, I guess there's something to be applauded in that. You've got the... You know, you went balls out, didn't you? Because if you had spurs it up, which is something that has happened yeah. on numerous occasions... I thought you would. I really thought... I, a, I had thanks. a couple of quid on, uh, on Arsenal to win. Purely, like, I did well. against no, Logic, I, but just because of the Chelsea result. Yeah. I thought Chelsea do that. The only thing that is certain now is that Tottenham are going to somehow lose to yeah. Arsenal. I can't talk about Tottenham without being biased, and I can't talk about Arsenal without being biased. But what have you seen in... in, in well, what do you think the reason is that Spurs haven't Spurs they are? Uh, you've got a young team of likeable men who are growing up together. Mm. They're, they're going through all of this together. They're, they're trusting each other. There's not too much turnover in the uh, in the squad as well. New new arrivals like Sissoko. I don't know why that was a thing. I mean, he's they, a chaos creator. <laughs> he certainly is that. A man born without a heart. Forges <laughs> a career as a professional footballer. Um, but they, they are getting better and they're getting stronger together. So mm. I think they, they give each other strength. But it was weird that game. It was like, do you remember? When, I'm sure you remember when Martin Yole was manager of Tottenham yeah. and they used to play Arsenal just as they were becoming a sort of top six team. Yeah. And you think, oh, Tottenham might do this. And mm. then you'd watch the game and be like, no, no, they're on completely different levels. Yeah. It was like that, but mm. the other way around. Arsenal, you know, they're not disastrously bad as in those Tottenham days in the mid 90s. No. But they are very, very obviously now a different level to Spurs. Yeah. And, and, and ultimately it comes down to how, how long we can ensure that we do finish above Arsenal because you know while one season wouldn't you know it wouldn't be the end of the world I'm enjoying myself currently I would love to come and really kind of see them fall apart and uh, and Spurs become a mainstay at the top of the top of the season you mentioned the Chelsea game Mm. and uh, I think you coined the phrase a while back we mentioned it on the podcast last week but Matic scored a Thunderbuster, didn't oh, he? Oh, great A Thunderbuster as well. <laughs> I mean, it's almost to the point, if, if you can read the manufacturer's name on the ball yeah. as it goes in on the replay, then it's, it's perfect. It's a Thunderbuster. So it's it, 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 there's too much spin on it. Yeah, you don't want... I mean, it's still What's the definition of Thunderbuster? Yeah, give us a, well, ideally, it, uh, it's, <laughs> it's obviously a powerfully hit shot from long range. It doesn't necessarily have to always be rising into the net, though that is good. The original <laughs> Thunderbastard was Papas Cisse against Chelsea, yeah. who just larruped one from a, a wide yeah, angle and it as, crashed yeah, to earth. That like, swaz, didn't it? Yeah, it was like meteorite in the opening scenes of Armageddon. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing stopping it. It's that kind of thing. If the goalkeeper gets a hand to it, will he lose his fingers? Yeah. That kind of thing. Right. Nice. Um, yeah. Just because you said fingers and it was in my head, but you know when you you go, oh, I can say something, and then oh, the conversation's moved on. Right. But that feels like a sign to me. Um, my, my when you said Martin Yole, yeah. first thing that came into my head was what a lad at uni. So I was at uni when he was he was manager, I think, and this lad was like, I can't deal with Martin Yole. It just scares me. And he was like, What do you mean? He went, He looks like he eats babies' fingers. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> I mean, and then you you, don't, you never look at Martin Yeldon. No. You really don't, or even hear the name Martin Yeldon. Say, uh, you always think of. Uh, he always look because I think he had chewing gum, and he would always have chewing gum. And he'd like, be oh, like that. Oh no! And he just kind of and he's just going like that. <laughs> oh, god! I mean, it probably says more about your friends 
But I mean, I like it. I get where he's coming from. Mm-hmm. I was comfortable with the idea of him just being like a hard-bitten Amsterdam cop. You know, he probably <laughs> drinks a little more than is good for him, but he gets the job done, Dan. Yeah. Well, fine with that. Baby fingers. fingers. A little, yeah, a little so I apologise, but it was there. It felt like a sign. Do you know the names of his two brothers? Cock and Dick. That's right. Yeah. Why? Martin, Cock and Dick. Why? Why not? <laughs> what, what, what happened to Martin, though? If you got a cock and you got a dick, wouldn't you be like, uh, Walmer? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we'll call him Willie. No, no, go with Martin. Go with Martin. Let's <laughs> yeah. do it normally this time. Um, Chelsea aren't in our uh, slip this week, but uh, is it over now after that, that Everton win? Yeah, I can't see that... If Chelsea aren't going to have too many problems getting past Everton, I can't see Middlesbrough, Sunderland, Watford and West Brom really mm. slowing them down too much. Exactly. Um, the, but the biggest thing is... I mean, what's Tottenham's run now? Nine nine wins on the bounce? That's right. If Tottenham were to win... the <laughs> last, that's such joy. <laughs> enjoyed that. That's right. If they were to win the, the last four games, yeah. um, then that's 13. Only one team has done more than 13 wins consecutively. Only two teams have done 13 wins consecutively. It's asking a lot of Tottenham. Yeah. I'm sparing him by not saying it's Arsenal who did 14 wins. Yeah, no. um, but it's... I, I, I did in this season as well. Yeah, is, I could see Chelsea one. dropping a point or three, but I just can't see Tottenham winning that many games at this stage of the season. We've got tough games and Chelsea are the much more favourable run-in. I've kind of conceded, although you never know. Yes. yes. I think that's a good way to be. But yeah. I think the, the, the thing to remember, because people keep coming out with this thing, oh, it's about time Tottenham won something. So hang on a minute, like 18 months ago, I was on the Guardian podcast and I said, don't laugh at me, but is it time we started considering Tottenham as genuine title challengers? And everybody laughed. Yeah. And then I turned Twitter on and it got even worse. <laughs> and, but we are only 18 months from that point, and suddenly we're like, well, they we should have won something now, shouldn't they? It's like, hang on, yeah. it's Tottenham. Can I, can I address Bloody that? Tottenham. Yeah. No one wants Tottenham in there. No one wants, like, it's like no one wants QPR in the Championship, in the Premier League. <laughs> no, no, you're right. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> no one wants them there because they don't really deserve to be there ever, right? Sorry, I'm only mucking. But I think Spurs coming in kind of upsets the upsets the apple cart somewhat. No, I like it. I, I like, like it. it. They, they're, they're a kind of almost, not, not sort of organically developed, but there's a lot yeah. of young players in. There's a lot of players who are brought in at one level who've raised to another level. That's always nice to see. They play good football, 21st century. It's high press, it's quick tempo. It's, I think there's a lot to like about them. I'm, I promise you, I'm not carrying favour. Later on, I'll say something nice about Arsenal. Yeah. If I can possibly think of anything. I think the, the English contingent, that part of it as well. Like, uh, I know we've definitely spoken about it at some point. It's like, do you support your, the English teams in Europe? And I, my feelings on that have changed. And it sounds really dodgy. But, <laughs> but because Man United in 99 had a load of English guys. And because I'm a QPR fan, I kind of go... Well, you know, I'm nowhere near that, so I'm allowed to look kind of like that. There's, there's not enough English guys that you can identify so in most of those teams. You're only like success. I've never subscribed to this theory. No, no. My born, point is, born and bred English, proper English. Blokes. The point is, you can identify with them, and and you can get on board with. Spurs. You can't identify with someone who isn't English. What are you saying? Not as much. Farage. Not as much. <laughs> Not as much. Don't do that. <laughs> what are you talking about? I'm not doing it. I'm just repeating what you're saying. You're to, saying a, to a point, yes. Don't do it to yourself. To a point, yes. I'm, sta- I'm standing by that. Anyway, and that's the reason why... I, I, I think a lot of unbiased fans or neutral fans to that top six... I don't think they've got a problem with Spurs. Really. I think one, one of the... Yeah, you may be right. Just to, just to clarify what you just said. One of the... the I'm not bigger. Yeah, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> one, one of the things about... Um, is it like this every week? Yeah. I'm enjoying this. Yeah, oh, good. Okay. One, of the, one of the things about football is that you can say stuff about football that everyone knows isn't racist or borderline xenophobic because it's about football. Right. The minute you take football out of the can equation... Can you say that straight away? <laughs> what do you have to wait? I'm, I'm just clarifying... Maybe go red first. I'm just clarifying it just in case anybody out there just thinks you are a racist. Yeah. Um, you're not. I don't usually read the comments, but I think I'm going to make an exception. <laughs> yeah, you should check them out this week. Yeah. Thanks for that, Flav. Thank you. I think we've yeah, I think that could have been a sticky situation. <laughs> <laughs> we've just about dodged it. Right, let's get the heat off me and put it on someone else. Uh, first, we go last week's results. Actually, let's get that get that out of the way because, yeah. Uh, again, James, all oh, not doing very well. Mm. Look, it just gets worse. I just spoke about myself in the third person. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I got four right out of thirteen, which is crap. Flav with five is just uh, just above me, and uh, out in front, Ian. 
and Garrett. Garrett, yeah, Garrett was seven. Fan Garrett, fan Garrett. We picked him because he was crap. Yeah, I know that's what we were hoping for, and he's just gone miles ahead. Love absolutely it. Absolutely, absolutely. Love um, it. What is what's the secret? Uh, well, to be honest, seven out of thirteen. I'm not. I'm not really proud of. I'm actually quite getting quite irritated. It always I'm, seems to be yeah. seven or eight, and it's, I'm intrigued to. It should um, be. Sorry, I'm intrigued to find out what is a good score. Seven out of thirteen, double what? figures. I think is yeah. a good score, but I mean. I'm I'm a very very lucky person. Very lucky. All of my like anyone who reads anything I write will say he is lucky to be on the job. <laughs> um, I get to watch football for a living. That means I go to at least one game every week. Um, it means that my wife can't walk in on me watching football and go, "What are you doing watching football?" Because I go, "Uh uh-uh, uh, it's work." I'm still navigating that. Yeah. Still navigating that. She's um, not having it yet. I've got <laughs> scouting software that enables me to watch any game I want, and I take full advantage. I watch a lot of football. Sorry, so that's seven awesome. out of thirteen. What's that? Um, and where'd you go from? Yeah. Well, you have to pay for it. Oh, my irritating bit. I'll tell you afterwards. Oh, it's not bad. <laughs> really? Uh, yeah, check it out. Why scout? <laughs> um, they haven't paid me any money. You're Brandon Butler for them. Whatever I can get. Um, so I watch a lot of football, um, primarily Premier League football, and then my Premier League predictions are awful. <laughs> They're really bad. I keep backing Sunderland to win because I don't think they can be as bad as they are, but they are. In fact, they're worse. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's almost... I'm kind of sticking the knife on my own back here, really, but it's kind of why punditry isn't really... doesn't have much... Much what? Value. (laughs) Well, yeah, of course. They're looking to predict the future and they can't officially do that. So, yeah, in that sense, you're right. Why why does everyone insist on doing it all the time? Because it's good fun. Okay. Is, is it though? I mean, I, I get stressed about it now. It's great fun when you get it right, isn't it? I, I look great. at my, I have my slip next to me all the way through the weekend, looking at it and looking at results and thinking, how can these two things be so different? Look, to be fair, this is the wrong time to be doing it in the season. This is where the teams at the bottom start winning and the teams at the top start because they're on holiday. But this is where you can get the gains on everyone, you see. When, yeah. when it all starts and the prize money's there, if all the usual suspects, form goes out the window, yeah. this is where you can sneak up and make it count. You, yeah, you've got to have the this gumption where, to do this it. This is where my mum will win. <laughs> <laughs> my mum will love something like this. It's a bit like doing the pools, and my mum will just be like... <laughs> yeah. There's a couple of weird ones in here, though. Man City. How did they not win that? Like that is a given, isn't it? That is a banker. That was one of my bankers. Yeah, actually, it was one yeah. Of, I think it was everyone's, oh, yeah. wasn't it? Crystal Palace at Do home, you know, Burnley look, a crap away. What's look, going little on? Fact for you: Middlesbrough scored eight point three three percent of all the goals they've scored this season in that game. Really? <laughs> That's what happens when I put Man <laughs> nearly ten percent of their goals in that. Wow! Unbelievable! Wow! That's that is incredible. Unbelievable! That's pretty annoying. Um, but yeah, football's there. But good for Borough. Good for Barry. It keeps him in the hunt. It does at least. I still think they're going down, but at least they're yeah. going down with a bit of pride. Yeah, at least true. they're going down swinging, not like Sunderland. I don't mind that because it is quite far. What from London. Middlesbrough? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like, Just get out of the way. Can you get it direct? I've never actually been to the Riverside. I've not bought. It's just too far. My yeah. so, um, Brent, uh, Adam. Uh, Adam's a Brentford fan. My other mate is a good Brentford fan. He went to. He played them in the playoffs. Middlesbrough. Middlesbrough, and uh, one of. <laughs> One of my best mates, he's a Brent fan, got the, got the coach. So he left his house. He had to go to Griffin Park to then go to Middlesbrough, to then go back. And it was a 21-hour trip because oh, like, they got caught in traffic. Oh, and they lost 3-0. Wow. Grim. I, last year, Four. I went with the um, Carlisle fans to Plymouth. Um, which awesome. is one, one of the longest, well, the longest trip in football at the time. And so I went up the night before to Carlisle, stayed in a hotel, met up with the fans, got on the bus at 10 in the morning, 10 a.m. Wednesday morning, drove all the way down to Plymouth, getting there at about 6 p.m. We walked out, couldn't see a thing because the sun was going down over the opposite side, so we were absolutely blinded, which was good because Plymouth went 4 0 up very, very quickly. <laughs> back on the bus, all the way back up, left at about 10 p.m., pulled into Carlisle at 5 a.m. That is, I mean, how many fans did they take? They took about 40, 45. That is, I mean... And they paid for that. And that incredible. is a loyalty I can't even come close What was what, did, did they develop a kind of stoical attitude to it? Well, the funny thing is, it's, for them, it's, it's not really about the football. Yeah. It's, it's like, that's their gang. That's, that's what they do. That, that was the answer whenever I, I said, why are you doing this? You're completely <laughs> mad. And that's just what we do. Belonging. Got, yeah, they're all down there. They've got their like, travel cushions and bags of sweets and paperbacks and they do bingos and have prizes. And right. that's, that's their life. And they're so, they're so happy and cool. 
couple of beers. Yeah, they're just... Beers. <laughs> like no beers are allowed on, on transport. I'm oh, sure you no. know that, I do, I do know that. I do know that. But there is no way under the sun, and I'm happy to say this on camera, <laughs> that I'm getting on a coach without beer. Yeah. No, there, are methods. <laughs> you, yeah. there are methods. I mean, go. I probably Ivy, but you an Ivy drip. You could do that. <laughs> yeah. Or um, uh, alcohol suppositories. You just <laughs> straight up the ass. Sit on. Or um, just go to McDonald's, dish the coke, fill it for a vodka. Standard. Yeah. Yeah. Jungle juice. Lovely. Maybe, maybe not vodka. But up to you. Yeah. yeah. Other drinks are available. <laughs> Let's get to know uh, Ian Macintosh. Okay. Oh, yeah. You know, you're, you're new to this. You're mm-hmm. new to this scene. Yes. Um, and we just want to get to know you a little bit better. So, and the people as well, the people that aren't aware of you. What it's scene? A good, huh? What scene? Yeah, what, what podcast are we doing scene? Not really. Oh. The predicting, oh. predicting, All right. football predicting football scene. scene. Yeah. That scene. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, name. Ian McIntosh. Yeah, we knew that already. Uh, profession. Uh, tit with keyboard. I think the best suffice. <laughs> Can you get that on your passport? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. There's enough space. Yeah. When we get those newfangled blue ones in. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Uh, <laughs> best known for? Uh, probably football manager more than actual football reporting. We need to talk about football manager. With um, but yeah. Okay. Um, who do you support? Southend United. Why do you support them? Uh, my dad, he was a West Ham fan, um, but he, it was the 80s and he wasn't that keen on taking me to West Ham. And we lived in, in Chelmsford, uh, which is pretty much equidistant from Southend and Colchester. So he said, son, I'll take you to a game, you've got a choice, Southend or Colchester. Which actually isn't really much of a choice. Nice. Um, <laughs> but I went with Southend, and I've never really settled. Um, <laughs> no, it was wonderful. We went there, and um, we came through the rickety turnstile and, and up the steps, and, and that green rectangle just opens up in front of you, and I breathed in... And there it was, stale urine, fried onions, <laughs> despondency, uh, and everyone was swearing loads. Which, when you're when you're that age, is like the most exciting yeah, thing yeah, ever. Yeah. And, uh, uh, and that was it. That was it. I was I was in for better or worse, and mainly mainly worse. worse. That's all right. Um, first game uh, at Southend. That was Huddersfield at home. Southend were bizarrely riding high, top of the then third division. Huddersfield were just above the relegation zone in that kind of probably not going to go down, but certainly not going up. Uh, it was the cast iron home banker, and <laughs> Huddersfield won one nil. <laughs> and in a weird kind of way, that sort of set me up for the whole lifetime experience. Because uh, when I when I have kids, they will be a QPR fan, fact, and you'll take them along. But for me, like, the first like five or six games, we won. Yeah. And I always think that well, that must have been a huge part of it. And I'm really worried that if that first one doesn't go well, then it might. You well, might not be able to. I'm devastated at the moment because um, my wife went away a couple of weekends ago. Not not for good. Everything's fine. <laughs> um, but it's just me and my five year old daughter, and uh, we've been talking about going to a game. I was like, well, you know, mum's away. We've got no plans. You know, we're, we were supposed to go visit grandparents, um, but they cancelled on us. Like, let's go South End. We've got Walsall. Let's go South End, Walsall. And the last minute, my mum phoned up. She said, "Oh, we're back on. Come round." So I was like, "Okay, well, we'll do it again another time." What soccer Saturday? South End nil, Walsall two at half time. Mm. It was like, "Oh, phew, dodged a bullet there." Full time, South End three, Walsall no. two. Last minute winner. So one of those games <sighs> that just defines you forever. If yeah. my daughter had been in Roots Hall that day. Done. Like, she'd be wearing South End kits to school right now. Yeah. Like, she would be in, absolutely in. And I blew it. Yeah. I may never get that chance again. Yeah. <laughs> hey, come on. Um, wow. Yeah, that's tough. Yeah. Uh, did you win your first game? Yeah, we were born with three, two, I want to say, but I was only five, so okay. I fell asleep. Did you? Yeah. Right. <laughs> what are your, what is your key, well, are or is your key footballing belief? Key beliefs. footballing belief. What for watching or, or as that's as open a question as I can. What is your What is your uh, most important footballing belief? I just don't be a dick. You know, that's like. See, that's actually, don't be a dick. That's in um. <laughs> it's fun. The, in the New Zealand in the New Zealand team <laughs> in their in their sixteen rules, one of them is no dicks, no, no dickheads. Yeah. Yeah. I spoke to a football manager who I can't name for this because I was promised not to, and we were talking about recruitment policy, and he said, "I just have one rule: no dickheads." <laughs> Yeah. And, um, uh, uh, yeah, it's just, it's, you don't have to be a dick about it. It's yeah. fine. It's football. It's fun. Exactly. 
Like that. Who is the biggest dickhead in football? <laughs> biggest dickhead in, in your football. opinion? Who was? Jose Vizinga. <laughs> Jose Vizinga. I would say Stephen Hunt. Stephen Hunt? No. You've sure got he, a thing about him. I'm sure he's lovely. Yeah, he's I'm sure really he, nice. Have you met him? I, I haven't, but I've heard from El him. El Hasjuf's a good shout from Adam. El Hasjuf, yeah, but he's, that's too obvious. That's too obvious. You've got to go to someone <laughs> who comes... Yeah. What I'm basically I'm asking, right, is that player that comes to... Undercover dick. ...play against you, and they are... They're just, they're like, nippy. I think... They're, they're snapping at the heels... They're, they're constantly. They're not mm. great footballers, but they're a pain in the bloody arse. I was going to say the most dickish Steven thing up. I've seen at South End's level. And I don't know if he is a dick. You might. You might be watching now. You might be fine. But this was dickish. Yeah. It was Leon Court who used to play for us, and uh, he moved to Crystal Palace. Why wouldn't you? Bigger club, more wages. And uh, bizarrely, South End ended up in the <clears> second <throat> flight, and we went there. It was like first home, uh, uh, first away game of the season. Leon Court was there, and a little group of South End fans. Seen Leon Court clapping. Nothing. Didn't acknowledge it. Really? Game started. Leon Court got the ball. Little Leon Court thing. Nothing. Didn't acknowledge it. Scored against us. Obviously, football gods and and all of that. And ran in front of us and celebrated. Why? What a we dick. Were being nice. <laughs> Why? Why? Why being a dick? Why? <laughs> so uh, yeah. that is that is the first word you think, isn't you? Dick. Dick. <laughs> 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 there you go, that's a great... This, this is the good thing about this podcast, this is why you need to listen to it every single week. Let us know in the comments below. Under Undercover dicks. <laughs> Who are they? Yeah. Why are they dicks? Yeah. And what did you think at the end of it? The obvious answer is... Dick. Dickhead. Right, next question. Uh, what's your favourite footballing phrase? Favourite footballing phrase... Mine's fun, the bastard. I, I still like take a bow, son. I think there's just <laughs> yeah, something so... Um, like patrician like about that like take a bow son in front of me <laughs> you've done something <laughs> take a bow yeah. <laughs> like yes, the ring. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. well done you may live for another day <laughs> yeah, yeah. take a bow son I've never thought I about never that I never thought about that way either it was like you're the, uh, isn't it matter? you're the man yeah but you're deciding you're the man aren't you? yeah. Yeah, yeah that's true uh, yeah. And, uh, aligned to that were Andy Gray's um, improvised conversations that he'd have with footballers as well mm. they'd be like he's just popped that up and he said go on have a go with that and he said thank you very much which corner would you like it in? And he said, I'm not really concerned. <laughs> Losing 1 0. We really need this goal. Let's stop talking. Right, <laughs> yeah. We're Where running are you out going of time. with this, Andy. <laughs> That's brilliant. <laughs> Writing his own script. What is your least favourite footballing phrase? All we're asking for is, and it's always common sense or consistency, these two yes. terms <laughs> cannot live thing. side by side. Yeah. They cannot live yeah. side by side. Because uh, you go back to that League Cup final where Aston Villa played Manchester United mm. and uh, the referee could have sent off the player but he decided it was like second minute of a cup final so he used his common sense. So that's one way. If he had sent him off and he should have done then it would have been consistency. Oh. These two things cannot live side by side. Mm. Any pundit who says all we're asking for is common sense they better, better stick to that. Yeah. Mm. If they come up next week saying all we're looking for is consistency... I, what that drives me mad is the one where, so be it Blackpool or Portsmouth and they were struggling on this. Are they struggling now? I don't know. Um, Blackpool? Probably. Uh, sorry, Portsmouth. They've just gone no, Yeah, so they're fine now, are they? Again? Um, Leeds, when they've had their sort of ups and downs. And it's always, often it's Mark Lawrence on uh, Football Focus going, the thing is, and you're going, right, oh, what's this nugget of wisdom they're about to offer me? What Leeds need? Stability. That's what they need. <laughs> Oh, right. Right, hang on. Apparently it's stability, what Lawrence said. Are you going to nip off the Tesco's and get a bit of stability? Yeah. <laughs> Shut up. Like, of course. Of right. course. I haven't got anything on pundits, but I've got when fans um, simply scream forward. <laughs> from the <laughs> we'll get it down like, forward forward like they're not yeah. like they're not gonna yeah. do it like it, it, what it is it really did they just don't know what to do they need to release release something yeah so they release it just by going forward I had a Sunday league manager who would just he would go, go don't defend attack <laughs> <laughs> we're trying mate his best ever um, pre-match speech was um, right guys so all you got to do is Get the ball, get out wide, get down the line, cross it in, score a goal. <laughs> oh, right. All right, hang on. Sorry, what was I saying there? I do, <laughs> think, I do think some coaches overcomplicate football. And, yeah, I, mean, I think that's oversimplifying. Go for yeah. I forget actually a transition between a back four and a back three in, in the space of minutes. But I think we did kind of score a goal like that, and everyone for a second went, 
But it's the guys right. like, with the with the clipboards on the sidelines for the bloke going on for injury time. Mm. It's like he's going on for sixty seconds. He probably doesn't need all of this. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah, not even going to touch yeah. the ball. Yeah. Yeah, that's brilliant. Um, footballing pet hate. I love pet hates in football. My favourite. Halifax Town. <laughs> I it, it was when I went to university. I didn't get to see Southend. I was in Cornwall, which is about as far away as it's possible yeah. to still be in the country and be away. And um, I came back, and the first game on was Southend Halifax. So I was really excited because you get more into your team when you're away. Weirdly, like particularly when you're at university, because you're. Your personality is forming and hardening, and you are the South End fan in Cornwall. So I'm even more excited than normal, and, and went there. And Halifax just played like six at the back, and then four about a foot in front of them, and just didn't come past the halfway line. It was the worst game I've ever seen in my life, and I was so angry at Halifax for ruining that moment. I've never forgiven them. <laughs> ordinarily, when clubs tumble out of the football league and they have all of those problems behind the scenes. My heart is overflowing yeah, yeah. with sympathy towards him. With Halifax, it was like, yeah, it serves you right <laughs> for negative football. <laughs> I also went to university in Cornwall. Cornwall. And we, we have had this conversation, oh, but I remember it, but you don't, which is heart. I, I was drinking a lot at the time. Mm. We were in a pub. You obviously don't remember that either, yeah, but that, that's no, fine. That, that's, that's, that's normal. No, but I, the, my experiences in Falmouth were that... Uh, <laughs> you went well, to Falmouth, you yeah, said? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. You should have mentioned this earlier. Yeah, I know. I, I mean, it's tough when you do. And I had my time, but that was in 2001, when Spurs were horrendous. And I remember sitting mm. in the pub against Arsenal in the semi-final. And um, uh, it was Sol Campbell's last game for Tottenham. And he went off injured. And I thought, I'm in Falmouth. I'm, as you say, as far away from London as I could possibly be without leaving the country. I'm just going to forget about football. I didn't have no, no real affinity. I'm just like, I'm going to forget about Spurs for three years. This is so much easier. Did you? Let me find some... Yeah, other things. Other, other, alcohol. Oh, OK. Um, really, really Did you do that? Did you do that for, for three years? No, I did follow him, but I, from a distance. <laughs> yeah, yeah, From a distance. I could, eat, I could get over results a lot easier than I can now. Mm. Mm. Uh, still to come I'm going to reveal the bore off game of the week uh, what now for Sunderland uh, quick chat on Arsenal Man United because I feel like we, this season we speak a lot about Arsenal so we don't need to talk about too much um, and Soldiers lost in battle and we've got two questions for the weekend uh, at the end of this podcast uh, let's get the Hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Let's get the football not out of the way. Let's talk more football. Um, championships, the last weekend, last game of the season. Um, for me, it was the last game that I, went to, I was going to this season uh, Forest at the weekend. I was very nervous, as you remember, Flav, because mm. we could have still gone down. We, somehow, we got the win. Good Massive win. relief. Um, but one thing, I don't know if you, you've, you've ever felt this about it, but 
Have you had a season ticket? Have you ever had a season ticket? No. Have you not? All right. Have you ever had a season ticket? Uh, funnily enough, no. Have you not? All right. No. Okay, maybe just me. Well, only I can say that, I guess. Anyway. Um, I always get really sad at the last game, because your card's not... It's not worth anything anymore. Well, the last thing you know, you used to have, like, a ticket. It's your last ticket out of your booklet. Like, that is worthless now. But that's probably not just over. Do they not renew it? Well, no, you get a new one each year, uh, which is so quite exciting. Then you have, like, a sad. Valhalla for season tickets like, on the <laughs> wall. Should, so they yeah. exist yeah. forever. Yeah. yeah. Maybe not for this season, because it's been that bad. Um, but down the bottom, Forest can still go down... Blackburn have kept it alive. Uh, don't worry, these aren't on your uh, slip, but just to, just to talk about it just for a second. Um, because Huddersfield have got into a bit of trouble, I guess, mm. for playing uh, such a, what they, again, saying is a weakened side last week, and then they lost to Birmingham, who are the other side who can still go down. Mm. Just wanted to get your thoughts on this really, really quickly. How do you feel about the, the sort of the anger towards Huddersfield for playing... Uh, uh, under strength side oh, it's just nonsense you're not employed as a manager to look after the league you're employed to look after your team he's got playoffs coming up he's had a very long season playing high intensity football and to be honest he was mixing and matching his teams for the FA Cup mm. when they played Man City, City that yeah. wasn't a full strength team so yeah. if it was good enough to hold Man City it should have been good enough to get something at Birmingham but yeah. equally it's not his problem Yeah, we were chatting on um, a great touch uh, yesterday and, uh, the burden of staying up it's not on Huddersfield. Yeah. It's on you to get the points. And, and so there should be no guilt at all. And I think it's absolute nonsense. Well, and who's the arbiter of players and whether or not they're, they're good enough to get on the pitch? Mm. Because if yeah, that's really offensive. Play, <laughs> yeah, if another team's playing kids towards the end of the season in what would be a sensible attempt to kind of get them blooded for the yeah. next campaign, that's not a problem, is it? I think so, if, if Huddersfield had, had, had happened to be, uh, you know, like say Chelsea and have a, a wealth of talent on the, on, on the bench, but actually had gone outside of their top, top 16 players and then just plucked a team full of youth players, then that you can understand that because they're thinking on what, what you're playing at. But Huddersfield have a wage break, uh, uh, yeah. amount of money they can spend on wages. They've got a certain amount of quality in their squad. They do have to save players. They do have to, you know, it's, it's not... So, I don't it's, know it's who's not, actually moaning, apart it's from Bristol Seafoam. Well, it's Bristol not like they stuck the groundsman um, in goal and the cat on left wing or anything like yeah, that. Yeah. They're professional football. And Mark Warburton, who is manager at Forest now, who's had a bit of a nightmare for Rangers where it was all looking good now he could go, go down into to League One um, he said he said it's obviously a very clear kind of message to Brentford his old club that oh they'll definitely play their they'll definitely play their best team don't, don't worry about that but what's, what's the relationship is, is he still light um, it's difficult it's quite <laughs> like 50% do like him 50% don't okay are there Brentford fans that I said just for it there would have been back when QPR had a chance of going down, but yeah. now they're safe, not really. Oh, no, it's just more, yeah, it's more of QPR thing than the Forest thing. But, that, I mean, that would be a disaster for Forest if they if they do go down. Well, Blackburn too. In fairness, they deserve to go down. Not the fans, um, because the, the stuff they've had to put up with has been incredible, but you cannot run a football club as badly as Nottingham Forest have been run. I mean, selling Burke for £13 million with no sell-on clause, no nothing, was madness. Um, the way they've. Do you think they were just so delighted to get that money initially to get thirteen mil for it? Is this the guy went to RB even, Leipzig? Yeah, and they're not even thinking that was good money. Well, the thing with um, with Burke is he's not the finished article even remotely. In fact, one of the coaches at Leipzig said he's like a blank hard drive. There's nothing there. We've basically got to teach him how to play football. But he's wow. he's about six foot two. He's built like a brick outhouse. He's fast as you like, and he can run with the ball. There's all the potential is there. But letting him go in a deal like that was insane. Because Why? That sounds like a blank canvas, thirty million. Sounds well, like... I, I mean, the club was in the process of being sold at the time. Right. Uh, I don't know if that had anything to do with it at all. Um, but they need, they need. Oh, <laughs> don't do it. I'm not don't do it. it. They need new owners <laughs> who can just lay down <laughs> foundations and run it as a proper football club because it's been run very, very badly. Well, sometimes that that works. Going, I never. I think it's a cop out to go. Oh, they need to go down and start again. But it, it, you do start to win games again, and that can Confidence. change the whole feeling yeah, of the club. Sometimes, yeah. Yeah. I mean, but then they're in a they're in a little trio of appallingly run clubs with Blackburn <laughs> way out in front. Yeah, um, absolute madness behind the scenes there, yeah. and then um, uh, and Birmingham for sacking Gary Rowett while they're on the fringes of the playoffs and replacing him with Zola, and now they find themselves on the fringes of the relegation zone. Yeah, so it, I mean, yeah. you can make a good case for any one of those three going down. Yeah. Down. 
Um, but yeah, they're a championship. They're who huge want, clubs. They're who all do huge you want clubs. to go down? Who would you like to see suffer a little bit? Like when Newcastle went down, everyone was happy. <laughs> like everyone was happy to see them go, weren't they? Yeah. Like boohoo. Go on. Yeah, yeah. Fuck off. You know they're going to win it. Well, I wasn't because I knew they were going to come in the championship and just dick it. I wouldn't say happy about it, but I thought it was adequate punishment again for yeah. the way the club had been run. Um, and for their fans. No, I like their fans. fans. I'm no, sure you do. Do you know who I, I want mean, to get out? You, you're, you're, you have to, as an ESPN journalist, you've got sometimes... You, don't, you can't say things like, you know, Newcastle fans deserve it. <laughs> you can't. But I can. <laughs> That's right? certainly true. And they deserve it. The thing with Newcastle fans, they, they, get, um, they get a bad press sometimes because there's this weird perception that they demand success. They haven't had any success no. for so long. I don't know where this comes from. Yeah. There must be one Newcastle fan just wandering around to everyone going, we're going to win the league. We need to win the league. We've invested strongly. He says we win the league. He just goes, oh, who is he? Well, he needs to be silent. I was up there the day that they got relegated. Um, I was up there. They were Which at time? Villa. Oh, 2009, was it, right. when they went down? They were at Villa. I was watching it in a pub in Newcastle. You could not find a Newcastle fan who was anything other than, well, that was always going to happen. <laughs> yeah, that yeah, was yeah. always going to happen. Yeah. This mm. perception is really weird. Yeah. It'd be interesting to see where... Well, so let's talk about Newcastle. Let's move on to that. So on here, we do, I think, bankers for most of us. Yep. Newcastle at home to Barnsley. You can still win the league, yep. I think. Um, poor right, Barnsley. Barnsley. Yeah, but I just feel like they're going to get an absolute hiding in that game. Yeah, I think so. But, you know, they, they started really well, Barnsley, and then, you know, the vultures started to circle. And the fact that they're 14th, they've, they've had a very, very good season. Yeah, for the players they lost. But this is going to be like generally. a carnival for Newcastle. Um, yeah. Last day of the season, title still in, in with a shout. And if they can get some good news about Benitez sticking around beforehand, yeah, you could be looking Is that not a given then? 4-0. Possibly not. Um, really? Uh, Andy Brassel did this once. Andy Brassel did this. Possibly not. You know something. Well, I don't know. I don't know anything. I think anyone who reads my work will tell you that. Um, but, I've got a body of work that will back that up. <laughs> <laughs> there, there, are, there are serious concerns about the relationship between Mike Ashley and Rafa Benitez. Oh. Rafa, as we all know, is someone who wants complete control of absolutely everything. He wants to be given the keys to the football club and left alone. And if he is given that, everything will be fine. But if wars start to open up, and he will open up fronts everywhere. He did it at Liverpool. Um, he's done it wherever he's been. He wants to be left alone to run the club. Uh, Mike Ashley, on the other hand, will leave people alone for a few months. Everything goes like that, and he'll stumble back in the room. Yeah. Hold on, we're changing the name of the stadium. <laughs> and up it all goes again. So they need to come to some agreement. There was some disharmony there in the winter when Benitez was under the impression he'd have another 20 or 30 million to spend. Because <laughs> remember, he, although he spent 50 mil, he, he actually got up. 80 in as well. And yeah, he was yeah. expecting to get the rest to sort of push him over the, over the top. And when he didn't get that, he felt his trust. He didn't need that, though. Probably the squad not, is incredible. No. Yeah, Maybe a 6 nil home, and I was just like, wow. I mean, part of relegation is about balancing the books as well. You know, yeah. That's his job. But then if you've been told you're going to get this and then you don't get it, if you've been told that you'll be picking the players and it won't be Graham Carr, who's still there, yeah. um, then you know, you, whether or not you can trust the owners is, is a question that needs to be answered. And going back to your point of no dickheads, he kind of switched that about. about you, like people like Matt Ritchie, Dwight Gale, you know, you're going to, you know they're going to work hard. And, and Matt Ritchie's far too good for the championship. Um, but if they go up and start doing that again then the same thing will happen well, again. Well, remember what happened last time. Chris Hewton got him up, a feat for which he was never given enough credit, and he had him in mid-table when he was sacked. And they, and they actually properly won the league. They destroyed the league yeah. at that time. So, yeah, they could still do it. That 91 points, uh, they're on their home to Barnsley, Brighton away at Aston Villa. Mm. Um, I, just, I really want Brighton to win the league, but I've got a funny feeling Villa are going to get a draw in this one, at least. I've gone for a home win upset. Yeah. It I've feels like way. that, doesn't it? I'd, not I'd, for you. Villa's form hasn't been all that. I think no. um, Jonathan Khadija is injured, isn't he? Is um, so has um, Scott Hogan played a game? Uh, he did his. Um, is he back? Yeah, I think so. Scott Hogan. Yeah, Asamoah is. Um, he's one of my favourite players for, for for them. I think I just got a funny feeling they're going to do something there and ruin it because Brighton are kind of uh, desperate to win that game. I, so, think, so I right. think they're done. I think they're ready for Steve Bruce to. Um, Start shedding players quite rapidly over the summer. That's going to be an interesting summer, mm. Aston Villa, because yeah, again, 
first year you can kind of go for it and spend all that money but then after that you need to start thinking about what you're going to do if you don't go up the next year and that can inevitably kind of I've done it very strangely I never tell people how much money you've got never tell people you're going to spend loads of money otherwise mm. they'll put their prices up yeah. obviously yeah. I'm fully aware of that let's keep you up fully aware yeah Arsenal Man United yeah. do Arsenal Man United then what now for Sunderland actually let's do what now for Sunderland stay in the North East uh, yeah is is this you know we were just saying it before they need to go down to come back and be be stronger yeah. I think that was the only kind of resolution to this because the squad that they had started, it was, was, this was awful this I, yeah, I don't yeah, think they will come back yeah. for a while I mean, they'll do a villa next year not for a while this is this is it <laughs> <laughs> this is Sunderland gone if lead to if they react wow. to this in the right way they could come back in sort of three or four seasons um, they need to say that long they need to focus on what they've got. They've got forty-eight thousand seat of stadium and enough people crazy enough to pay money to get inside it. Those fans, um, the the fact that they keep turning up in such numbers is absolutely extraordinary. Yeah. So they've got that, and they've got the fans. They've also got a Grade One Youth Academy, which is still spitting out very decent players, particularly in the case of Jordan Pickford. So they and they've got that catchment area in the northeast. Um, and Scotland not too far away mm. they need to just settle down focus start building a team start having some idea of what it is they're trying to achieve because under Moyes I mean I, I was always a big fan of David Moyes but his recruitment has been almost lazy I mean, seven out of nine signings have been people he's already had yeah. he's literally done nothing in but, about five years of management since taking over Man United, he's really just done nothing. Three disasters in a row. That's I think it. the only place, if he does get sacked, which is unlikely given that he's got three years left on his if contract... If you were chairman of Sunderland, what would you do? A fresh start. You'd have to, if I was chairman of Sunderland, I'd have read a little more into that comment with the female reporter and tried to get out of the contract. Because I'm devious and nasty. Wow. Well, um, that's how you do business, Jake. Yeah, nice. yeah, I'm learning so much. But, um, but no, I, I wouldn't have... I, I'd, I like David Moyes and I respect what he did at Everton but I haven't seen any evidence of those attributes at Sunderland it's it's just can you pick out anything that's worked out well Brian Oviedo's done alright Didier Undong is passable competent yeah it's, that, that is about it I kind of they, he had no money to spend in January but and he couldn't really get anyone in the summer it seems well, like but maybe that's part of it he spent about 30 million I mean, he spent uh, what's it, fifteen million on Didier and Dong. He spent about eight eight million on Papi Dilibodji. Spent eight million on McNair and Donald Love. Donald so he, Love. he has had some money. All I think about is Grand Theft Auto when I hear Donald Love. Donald uh, <laughs> he, he has had is money to awful, spend, and it hasn't worked. Sounds like a porn star, doesn't it? Donald Love. <sighs> Come on. What? Come on. Can I say something? Yeah. <laughs> Can I shock you? Go on. I don't like David Myers. Really? I, don't, I don't think that's not a shock, is it? Do you think sarcastically? Boring, boring football. It's supposed to be entertained. There's a four-year contract. If it, the reason why he's still there is because they can't afford to. It can't be that because they've got money from the TV deals. They, they must have. They're 150 million in debt. They've got no money. They've that's got an they 83 do. million pound wage bill. Yeah, so that's why he's still there. Because you look, you look at you look at Hull, you look at Swansea. They well, at least even if even if Swansea go down, I think Hull will stay. But if if, if Swansea go down, at least they tried. They were proactive. It's almost like everybody at Sunderland have sat back and gone. Uh, it's all, you know, this is inevitable. The squad is clearly not good enough from like from very early on. I, I, one of the the good things about predicting on enough things is you'll get something right. I was certain they were going down. I was certain they were going down from the from the start. They'd kind of they looked they looked exhausted. Or oh, that squad's been there a long time, mm. battling relegation for a long time. And each year there was this little miracle that happened. And I went the other way. Oh, the first game I did this season was Man City Sunderland, and they were one all with about five minutes left, and then City scored. But they battled. They put in a decent kind of rearguard performance. There was a bit of fight there. Uh, I say that is one thing Moyes has done. You can accuse the Sunderland team of a lot of things, but they are sort of trying. Mm. They're just not very good. They've always been like absolutely appalling, worst football team you've ever seen. And then it gets to about April and they go like that and they pull these performances out yeah. of their bottom somehow. But this time they're just not quite good enough, not quite good enough, not quite good enough, not quite good enough, all the way to the end of the season. So they are, there's that stability that we were talking about. <laughs> yeah, and they've got it. They're consistently <laughs> not good <Yeah>. enough. <laughs> uh, so obviously they've gone down. Um, they play Hull. Hull, that's, I mean, that, that's as. Homer Banker is Hull could ask for. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, well, all, all home games are bankers. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. But the manager hasn't lost a home game in three years. It's yeah. amazing, isn't it? Yeah. Absolutely incredible. So, yeah, I think, have we all gone for that? I'm changing oh, mine to banker. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that was my <laughs> You're doing it on the fly. Well. I haven't, actually. No, <laughs> so, I'm done. I'm done, but I, uh, I didn't have it as a banker, but... Uh, Arsenal versus Man United is definitely the tie of the <laughs> of the weekend. Um, yeah, I've gone for a draw in that one. Um, it's probably the think? safest bet. It depends what Man United turn up. I mean, we're talking now uh, just a few hours before they kick off against Celta Vigo, and you, it, I think everything depends on that result. If if that goes well, I think he's probably going to protect players. I think you'll be seeing a lot of unfamiliar names on the team sheet against Arsenal. That's a good, very good point. Which yeah. may not be that bad because Arsenal are probably broken hearted and in disarray right now. Yeah, I, t- I mean that's. You always think what can what could make Arsenal <laughs> what could the, the whole Ferrari over Arsenal be how can you make it more flammable? And I think the way you can do it this week is <laughs> is, by, is by is by getting uh, is by Man United playing an understrength side and beating Arsenal. Yeah. That's the next one, isn't that it? That's this it. week's one. You you would have to wor- I, yeah, I don't think that's gonna happen. I think at home um, Arsenal are they're, they're like you said, they're not they're not awful. They're not the team that Tottenham used to be, despite the shift in power that we've seen this season. I think, um, I think, uh, what again? If should they get a, a, a semi-decent result against Celta Vigo or a draw or something like that, they'll think. Or oh, actually, you know, regardless of the result, they're going to be resting players because that's Champions League football. That ultimately, they can guarantee by winning the Europa League. Mm. But how damaged are Arsenal inside? I mean, we, this mm. is this is a lot of this is speculation. I don't know if you know anything or have heard anything. No, the, no the way one, they're playing this isn't they have good players this isn't a team that seems to be together at all no no exactly I mean you look at Ozil and he's he's barely there hmm. um, you look at Sanchez and I mean he's been in a strop since about October <laughs> um, and you're looking around it's the same old thing it's really hard to talk about Arsenal without just descending into yeah. clear from the last five years but yeah. what I would say don't for that, see leaders for that game if they get that, I think they need that first goal like the game the game against you guys they were kind of hanging in there to the first goal as soon as the first goal went in you were like well the game's over they, I know the second goal they did okay in the first that's what I mean they were, they were battling and so if they can get that first First goal in this, in this game, I think that will kind of relieve a lot they, of pressure. They shouldn't but. be that fragile. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. Arsenal. They've been one of the greatest teams of the last twenty years. Yeah. Um, with one of the greatest managers of the last twenty years. They spent serious money now. It's not like you can say, "Oh, it's Wenger's fault. He's not getting his checkbook out." They're spending money. Granite Xhaka was thirty million quid. Yeah. I mean, that's somehow crazy. Um, I, I still think that there's there's still a way out of this for Wenger, and he's shown that he can be more flexible by moving to the back three, which the precious little for Arsenal to cling to against Tottenham but for the first time they weren't completely overrun Mm. when they dropped back more often than not a back five they had red shirts there they were filling gaps they didn't look quite as vulnerable as before it's going the other way that was the problem even the first goal was quite scrappy I mean in another takes a scrappy goal and uh, and a penalty Um, but I mean Tottenham could have been two up already by that point the problem I thought was when Deli Alley goes in for that rebound and gets it Look at how slow the Arsenal players are to react. There was nothing, was there? There's just another guy on the line just sort of waving a mannequin's leg at it. Yeah. Um, there's, there's no... What, what set the teams apart, uh, along with a number of other things, was that, that intensity. And Arsenal just haven't got it. I think you're right. I think there's something gone behind the scenes there. Mm. But yeah. they're not a team. Predictions? What do, what, do you remember what you were oh, Actually, I've got, I've gone for draw. OK, I've gone for draw. Uh, I've almost certainly hedged it. I did hedge it for a draw on something else. Oh, yeah. Um, that'd be a good one. Uh, okay, bore off game of the week. Uh, not much to be said about Burnley v West Brom. <laughs> um, let's move. In, let's move on swiftly. Uh, right, it's that time. Here we go. Flav, can you explain? Soldiers lost in battle, please. So these are, uh, are the poor men and, and, and women. Hopefully, we haven't had the women one yet. We? Uh, not yet. This is the time where uh, the poor men uh, who would love to just sit down with a beer or go to the football and watch and be with their friends and family and. Uh, and enjoy the beautiful game. Haven't been able to mm. because they've had to go to IKEA or <laughs> see a nan. Yeah, Something like that. So yeah, so last week we had a few, and we we continue to send our support for them. Mm. Um, here are some of this week's soldiers lost in battle. Kick off with with Ben. I missed about 20 years of games because I moved to Japan for work. Got married, had a kid, built a home, got a dog. 
it wasn't worth it. <laughs> Except maybe the dog. <laughs> Dr. JRL. A mate of mine once missed a game for our local team because he had to plumb in his washing machine. Never looked at him the same after that. You wouldn't. You just wouldn't. Of course you wouldn't. Averal Sacheda. I once missed El Clasico because I was stuck in traffic and I was swearing at everything that came in front of my cab. And finally, RGS 96. I had to miss Liverpool batter Spurs this season to go to my girlfriend's 21st fucking birthday party. She's going to have more birthday parties. <laughs> Fuck my life. <laughs> <laughs> That's the soldiers lost in battle this Stay week. Strong. Stay strong, guys. Stay strong. Stay strong. Um, if you've got a message of support for a, a friend who's missing the football this weekend or you're willing to share your own story, because that's what it's about. You need to get it off your chest. You're not alone. You're not alone. Uh, let us know in, in the comments below and we'll read out some more next week. It's beautiful. Isn't it? it's powerful. Are you all right? Yeah. I'm a little bit. It's difficult. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right, let's move. Let's try and move forward you if we can. You did great, dude. Thanks, man. Stay <laughs> strong. Stay strong. Thanks. So, um, sorry, just a second. Uh, two for the weekend. Yep. Two questions. We asked you on Twitter. You can follow us at Bull Street or at Long Bull Street as well. You can get your questions in there. Uh, we answer two questions for the weekend, and then we'll be we wrapping up this week's one for the weekend. Um, so the first question is from uh, Yusuf at Extremes Don. Um, he said, "Do you think Mourinho will stay at United?" For more than three years obviously he's had a problem doing that with previous clubs yeah I think it largely depends on next year um, I think he'll certainly try it must bug him that he's got this reputation and he's desperately trying to rid himself of I think just out of spite he'll refuse to resign um, stay there clinging to the death <laughs> yeah. whatever happens no <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly how he'll say it I will not um, and, and yeah possibly uh, too much has been made I think out of United's position in the table in uh, relation to how much money they've spent. It's the first season. It's a transitional season. He's moving from what was a very, very strict, regimented way of playing, and he's replaced it with a slightly strict, regimented way of playing. It's a very, very different thing. They're not very interesting. Uh, but it's going to take a while to get them looking the way they should. It's going to take any manager a while to get a team looking the way they should. So we'll see next season. I think if they're in a title race next season, then yeah, I could see him doing season four. But... If not, what do you think? I th- well, I predicted that he wouldn't even last in this season. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he's done well in that respect, but I disagree with him. Uh, he has to be in the top four. Fifth, if he finishes in the top four, then he might have done enough. If, without Ibrahimovic's goals, and he's absolutely brilliant at times this season, mm-hmm. they would be in trouble. And I think that signing has got him out, uh, got him out of trouble. There's, there's still massive work to done there. They, they're, they're difficult to beat. He's made them secure, which, to be fair, is the building blocks of any successful team. And we will see next season. But how much more money will he have to spend in order to actually compete with Chelsea and, as it appears this season, Tottenham? A fortune. So... I don't think he'll be here in three years. I don't think I think it's quite rare for you to see a manager that will be at any club for longer than three years unless they're very, very good. The thing that United need <laughs> is stability. I know it's true. Did that. you know that? I'd still want to say it. Are you aware of that? Yeah, yeah. So it'd be. Um, I think he will. I think he'll do very well next year, and I think. Yeah, I think he will make it past the three-year mark. Mm. Uh, right, and second and final question from Lafage. He likes to get involved, doesn't he, sometimes? No, he's a good lad. F-A-J-J. How do you see the transfer market going in 10 to 15 years' time? Now, we actually haven't spoken about Football Manager, but that is an insight that you slightly <laughs> get if you can stick around long enough. Yeah. Um, so, f- from your experiences on Football Manager, have you ever gone... What? What's the furthest you've gone? Actually, not that far, because no. I'm one of those people who... Um, I like to micromanage. I like to do my Andre teams and my development <laughs> squad and my first team squad. So, a lot of times, a new game will come out, and I'm like, oh, I'm only five seasons through. Right. I haven't had my second go yet. Um, so, no, I never get too far. As for the real transfer market, I, I've been saying it for ten years, but there's got to come a point where... This madness ends. It's what do you mean by so what madness? Spent like oh, right. hundred, uh, moving up towards hundred million pound transfers now, and at some point the bum's going to fall out of the market, surely. Because otherwise, 
on the rate of increase, you're going to be looking at sort of 250, 300 million well, pounds. Laws of economics, it has to. Yeah. There is no feasible way it can keep going. The, the worry, I think, at the moment is that fewer people are watching live football. I'm seeing Sky's ratings have taken a battering. BT's uh, aren't as high as they, they would have wanted. And once advertisers start feeding into that, then maybe the money comes down. But I stress again, for the last 10 years, I've been saying it must have reached saturation point. And every time the deal gets bigger and bigger. And when there's more money coming through TV, they can spend more money on players. Hmm. But there must be a natural finishing I mean, point. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There, there is. And, and if you think, actually, that the players... This, you look at Pogba, an £80, £90 million pound player, and you, you realise that there's a market aspect to that, they're going to make a lot of money from image rights and whatnot, but then it's actually the, the middle market that's more of an issue, I think, because if you look at Cole Walker, it looks like he's going out of, out, out of Tottenham. He signed a new contract in September. It's going to cost him maybe three times his actual value to get him, and it's that kind of where a player where you're going to spend and not make a great deal back off of like shirt sales and marketing, um, where I think it becomes an issue. So if Man City have to spend fifty million to get him, probably realistically twenty. 20 million pound player um, that's double and a significant amount of money Man City can do it but can they got his wages if they're paying him 100 grand a week that's 5 million pound a year over a four year contract that's 20 million quid we'd well, have to up his wages because he's, he, he's probably on about he's on 70 at the moment I right think. Um, but yeah a lot of money it's it is a lot of money for a player who was pretty average before Pochettino got hold of him He'd love to say, he'd love to drop that in there. It, he, he is the only thing that's important, Anton. <laughs> <laughs> right, uh, so that's it for, for one for the weekend. What we'll do very quickly is we'll reveal from our 13 predictions this week, we'll reveal one banker and one upset. Um, so for me, my, uh, my upset this week is. Yeah, there aren't any huge upsets, but I think yeah, my upset is Aston Villa to to beat Brighton. I think um, that will mean that Newcastle will win the league. I really hope that doesn't happen, but I've got a funny feeling that Villa are going to do that. So that's my upset. My banker is uh, is Liverpool versus Southampton, which you probably doesn't sound banking like on a, Liverpool. I, I am banking on Liverpool. Southampton concede a lot of goals. They're a very attacking side, which you would see as a as a positive for Southampton, but I think that will allow gaps and space for Liverpool to, Liverpool uh, to get it. Had they been as good without Mane and uh, Coutinho's injured as well, isn't he? That's not what I'm talking about. Just, I'm just talking about them winning just, the game. <laughs> and I'm putting my Liverpool. neck out there. I know, they're correct. They're, they, they, they upset me. Do they, yeah, they really do. upset you? So is that your upset? <laughs> I am upset by okay. Liverpool. I was working out their points average the other day, and it was something like 1.68 points per game against... Uh, non-top seven teams and 2.16 against top seven yeah. it was like they, they are a punter's nightmare um, my upset is Swansea who are in the relegation zone to beat Everton who are seventh and in very good form against teams not above them mm. um, I just think this will be the day that Swansea stand up get their stuff together and tear uh, Everton a new one um, and as a banker Leicester at home to Watford um, Leicester in fantastic form. Unbelievable. Uh, what, what possibly could have changed? Yeah. Um, it's, it's also really nice. I'll talk about this on the, the Guardian. That those of us who said they're going to regress, but not that much. They'll be like upper mid table at the end of the season. It's like, see, nothing <laughs> yeah, to worry yeah. about. It's fine. Was, yeah, that was. Uh, I said twelfth at the start of the season. And got I yeah. got destroyed for it. What we said he would finish higher. I said they finished. Yeah, everyone's like eighth. Mm. Yeah, I thought well, about I thought eighth that. or ninth. They might do that. They're still there. They're still there. Look at that. They they need like four points on West Brom, who they were falling. They were falling away. Yeah. I've also got as an upset uh, Swansea because my other upsets talking about Burnley and West Brom, and as we know, that that's the dullest game on earth. So <laughs> I'm not going to talk about it. So Swansea <laughs> versus Everton uh, for the same reasons. Exact same reasons. I I still like what Clement's done at Swansea, and he's. He went for a little sticky period, and I think he's going to come out good. Uh, my banker, uh, I'm saying Bournemouth versus Stoke. Mm. Bournemouth versus Stoke. Who, so, who? Who? Banker on Bournemouth. Banker on Bournemouth. Okay, right. So that's our predictions. Uh, we want you guys to get involved as well. Garrett, make sure you get your predictions in as well. Garrett is your fan representative. Doing so well. Doing very well for you at the moment. So, yeah. firstly, give him some love in the comments below. Then, secondly, give him some advice on what you would do, and let's know what you would do in the in the comments below. We'll put. The uh, fixtures as the first comment. Copy and paste that, and give us your predictions, and we'll, we'll have a chat. Let us know what, um, what you think about uh, everything that's been in the podcast this week. Well, there was one wicked question. What was it? I've forgotten it now. Oh, that's annoying. It was the um, dicks. 
Dicks, right. yeah. Bring out, get your dicks out, get your dicks out uh, in I've the comments below. <laughs> Where's my agent? Yeah. <laughs> um, and um, yeah, why not? Some pet hates as well is always good. Favorite and uh, least favorite footballing phrases. Ian, thank you so much, mate. Thank you for having me. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Thank good. Um, so yeah, that's it for for this weekend. Uh, if you haven't subscribed to um, Long Ball Street or Ball Street Network Audio, it's actually called now, isn't it? Is that uh, right? What is called the audio? The bullshit audio. Network. Bullshit audio network. Sorry, I was. Close. It's just because there's more than one. Okay, right. Just right. there's more than one now. Then do it. The network. Right. All the admin stuff. You know what to do. You've been watching it long enough. And uh, we'll be back next week. Bye. 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 Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 